Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, So good to be with you today. Today's episode is a teaching on the Lord's Prayer. My church has been going through the Lord's Prayer this summer, spending eight weeks taking a look at this prayer that Jesus had taught us. And I can't speak for anyone else. I don't know what the, the congregation thinks, but it has been an amazing blessing for me to reflect on these words of Jesus and to meditate on them and to pray them throughout the this summer. It's It's been amazing. And uh, it's just really been a blessing for me to be able to share a little bit about what I've learned and studied and, and reflected on as, as well. So today we're going to be talking about the third petition of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that's where our church is at in this series. Uh, we've already mentioned that the Lord's Prayer has historically been split up into depending on your counting, six or seven petitions. Each petition is a different line of the Lord's Prayer, something that Jesus has given us to pray for. Uh, For example, the the first petition is, Hallowed be your name, or Holy be your name. The second petition is, Your kingdom come. And today we're at the third petition, which is, uh, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, uh, I don't know if this is allowed or not, uh, but... I've picked a favorite petition, and this is it. I love this petition, and it's one that I've found myself praying maybe more often than the others, one that I feel like I need more than some of the other petitions. So uh, I'm going to go with this is my favorite. Now, uh, by next week, by the next petition, that might have all changed, and maybe I'll have a new favorite. Uh, actually, at my last congregation, I was uh, preaching one Sunday, and uh, I don't know what story of the Bible we were on, but I, I said something like, uh, this is my favorite petition, or I'm sorry, this is my favorite story in the Bible. And uh, a really nice lady came up to me after the service was done, and, and she said very kindly, you know, you say that every Sunday, that this is your favorite passage, your favorite story, your favorite whatever. And uh, she, she kind of gently said, so why don't you just pick a favorite or uh, just tell us when we actually get there. So uh, I, I have a tendency to uh, to love whatever is right in front of me, I, I guess. And that might be the case today. I don't know. But I, I love this petition. And again, it's, it's one that I just find myself returning to in my own prayer life as well. Again, the petition is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, uh, what I appreciate about this petition is that it has blessed me in two ways. Uh, the first is that this petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it gives me hope gives me hope. And the second thing is that it sparks change in me. Now, I'm going to talk a lot more about that as as we go on. Uh, So we'll just pause with that idea for now. Uh, Because as much as I love this petition of the Lord's Prayer, and I know that I need it, and I return to it over and over again, I also find that this might be the hardest petition to pray. And there's actually a, a number of reasons why I've found it difficult to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and the first is, uh, quite simply, that uh, I want what I want. (laughs) And I know, I know that what I want is what's best for me, right? And I I guess you could say I'm strong-willed or maybe even stubborn. And and so it's hard for me to lay aside my will and my wants for anyone else's, Uh, in some cases, even God, right? Because again, I, I think that I know best and I want what I want. And and this is true for me, but I'm guessing it's true for you too. And maybe you're not quite as strong-willed or stubborn as, as I am, but right, we all have wants and we, we all think that we know best sometimes. And and sometimes our different wants and wills, they play nice, right? Like maybe you want a burger for lunch and I want bacon and we can each have what we want, right? But, but other times, 
our wills and our wants collide. And this is where conflict comes in, right? Because who who wins? Who gets what they want, right? Whose will will, will, will persevere? So uh, uh, I, I was giving the example in church this Sunday that, uh, you know, when I showed up to worship, what I wanted, my will, was that we would all be singing Gregorian chants from the 16th century monks, right? That's, that's my jam. That's the music that I wanted to hear. But uh, our worship leader had something else in mind, and his will won, uh, probably for the best, and now there's conflict, I mean, not really, but you get where I'm going, right? This is this is where conflict happens when when two wills collide. I mean, you see it all the time in our country, right? Some people want poverty taken care of in one way, others in another way, and the same goes with uh, our immigration crisis at the border, right? Some people want it handled in one way; they think that's what's best. They they want one thing, and others want another, and and then conflict. Uh, arises. So whose will wins? We all want what we want. We are strong-willed people. And so it's hard to pray. Your will be done, right? To give over that, that will to someone else. It's, it's not an easy prayer to pray. Uh, the other reason why uh, I find this petition so difficult to pray is because about a month and a half ago now, uh, I lost uh, a mentor of mine. Uh, a pastor that I had while I was studying in seminary, an amazing man of God, uh, Pastor Schmidtke. Uh, pastor Schmidtke was a true servant in every sense of the word, a man who loved Jesus and loved the people that God gave him to pastor. And, and it was evident, it was clear. He was the hardest working pastor I had ever met in my life. Uh, He was placed in a congregation, I believe right out of seminary, or at least soon after, that was going through massive transition. Uh, This church had had once been a a bursting church, worshiping hundreds, maybe even thousands of people, had a beautiful church building, but uh, the neighborhood had changed. In what was once an all-white, Anglo-Saxon, German-speaking part of town, German-speaking congregation, had had now changed. The neighborhood was now an inner-city black neighborhood. And that's the way the congregation w- was going as well. It was reflecting its neighborhood, but there was a transitioning happening there. And one that could have been messy, and I'm sure was at time, and really, really difficult. But uh, Pastor Schmicky pastored through that transition just with grace and kindness and, and love. And then he, he stuck around to pastor and, and love and care for these people for decades afterwards. You know, people who didn't look like him or uh, talk like him or even think like him in some cases, but he loved these people and he poured his life in, into them. And it was just this beautiful relationship he had with the church. And, and then one day while he's taking a nap in his office after another long day of work, he died. And, um, I'm talking here a month and a half after that, and I still can't make sense out of it. It doesn't seem like that would be God's will for that to happen, right? It's hard to pray your will be done when you look out into the world and you see so many examples of his will not being done, right? I think about the the some 40 million people in our world today who are slaves. Can you believe that? That's what most estimates say. Some 40 plus million people are enslaved in the 21st century as as we talk today. Or I think about the the 25,000 people across the world who are starving today. And I don't just mean 25,000 people who missed lunch, but 25,000 people who will die of starvation, 10,000 of whom are children, right? Just heartbreaking. I think of today, there's a a war raging in in Ukraine and and over 4,000 people have died in what seems to me just to be a senseless conflict that I just can't wrap my mind around, right? It's hard to pray your will be done, God, when when it seems like, too often, it's not being done. 
And then there's the reality that even when God's will is accomplished, it often comes with pain, right? To, to do God's will, it, it takes sacrifice. It, it demands things of us. It hurts sometimes. I mean, at least it did for Jesus, right? For him to accomplish God's will, what did it cost? It, it cost him his life. He had to go to the, to the cross, lay it all down. And, and Jesus says to us that it's, it's not going to be any different. We're kidding ourselves if we think it will be, right? I mean, if it was hard for Jesus, why wouldn't it be hard for us? And so every time I pray, your will be done, I'm reminded that, that it might hurt. And I would like to think that it could be otherwise, right? I would like to think that if I do God's will, I cross my T's and dot my I's, that the life will be easy <laughs> and that my family will be happy all of the time and, and we won't experience pain, but that's not how it is. Even doing God's will, even the accomplishment of his will, it's, it's painful. It involves struggle. I mean, Jesus said himself, right? Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their crosses, and follow me. <laughs> it's a hard life. It's hard to pray your will be done knowing what that's inviting into your life. But you know, all of those reasons I just gave for why it's difficult to pray your will be done, I think are the very reasons why we need this petition. I need to pray your will be done because we live in a world in which we all think we know best, but none of us actually do. <laughs> we, we need to pray your will be done in a world of suffering, right? We need this because this petition, it gives us hope. It, it reminds us that there is someone with, with one with a good and perfect will who does know best, <laughs> right? Who wants what's best for his children and who will bring it to completion. So one of our, our readings uh, for the Sunday that I, I preached on this was from 1 Timothy chapter 2. And when Paul writes this letter to Timothy, uh, he lives in a time, in a place in, that is very similar to ours, right? We, we, we live in a, an era of pain and suffering, of war and starvation and enslavement, but, but so did Paul, right? I often think in my cultural nativity that uh, that, that they had it easier back then. Life must have been simpler and, and it couldn't have been as painful as it is today, but that's just not true. <laughs> that is uh, culturally and historically ignorant to think so. It was a hard life that Paul lived. I mean, uh, for him personally, it was a hard life, right? He was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was uh, beaten and, and made fun of and rejected by close friends. And, and yet it's in the midst of that hard life, that suffering and the pain but this is what Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. Listen to this. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Right? In the midst of hardship, what does Paul tell Timothy to do? Keep praying. See, I think that if, if Paul didn't have hope, he wouldn't have said that, right? If, if there's no hope, right, for this world to get better, then why bother praying? <laughs> but Paul had hope. And, and what was his hope in? Uh, we hear about it in verse 3. If we go down a little bit further, he, he talks about God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. That all people come to see him and know his kindness and his grace and his truth and that all people, it says, be saved and rescued from the hurt and the pain of this world. And, and that reality, that firm belief gave Paul hope. Hope that, that keeps on praying, right? The hope of a better future. And yet a hope that even today God is working for the good of his people, that he doesn't want what's bad for us. He wants what's good for us. This is the hope that Paul had and the hope that this petition gives us too, that there is one with a good and perfect 
will. And, and what that means to me is that this petition, your will be done, is not a prayer of resignation. I mean, you could hear it that way, couldn't you? Right? You could hear someone praying, okay, God, I haven't gotten what I wanted. I've been praying for the, the new job and the promotion at work, and instead I, I just got fired today, so I give up. I give in. I throw up my hands. I'm putting it in the towel. Your will be done. Have it your way, God. Right? You could hear it that way, but that's not what this petition is. This is a petition of hope. So I've been thinking about it like this this week. Uh, imagine that uh, your family is going to be taking a vacation next year. You, you set the, the week aside and, and you start talking about where you want to go. And you want nothing more than to go to the beach, right? You're dreaming of an island somewhere or uh, some warm beach in Florida. You want a cold drink in your hand and, and you want a week of, of nothing, right? Of just pure relaxation. Meanwhile, your family wants to go to the mountains, right? They want an adventure. They want hiking and climbing and all sorts of things, right? And and so this discussion, maybe you could call it an argument, goes on for some time. And, and then eventually you say, fine, have it your way, right? In a sense, your will be done. And you could say that to them out of resignation, right? You're just tired of arguing. You don't want the conversation to keep getting fine. They can go to the mountains if, if they want to. Or, or you, you, you could say, have it your way with a sense of hope, right? Because like, maybe your family has always planned the best vacation. They just have this knack of finding like really cool spots that no one knows about and they find like the the best airbnbs like super hip and and fun and and they've never let you down like every vacation they plan is just a plus right 10 out of 10 and so you you say have it your way your will be done not out of resignation but out of hope that maybe they know better than you maybe maybe what you need is a trip to the mountains so you say have it your way that's what we're saying in this petition we're saying lord your will be done not out of resignation, but out of hope that God's will is good and perfect. We can look back at a whole history of what God's done. He sent us his son who lived and died and rose for us. So, so why would it be any different now? This petition gives us hope. But then the other thing that it does for us is that it sparks change in us. At, at least it's meant to. You, you see, we're, we're, we're not meant to pray this petition just so that we can go sit on the couch and watch God do his thing, right? We don't say, Lord, your will be done, and then take a seat on the bench and, and watch the game unfold. No, the, the, the reality is, at least as I read the Bible, is that, that most often God accomplishes his work through people. I mean, of course, God works in mysterious and miraculous and mystical ways, but I mean, just the Bible is full of story after story after story of people that God is using to accomplish his will. And so another story that we, we looked at as we talked about this in the Bible was uh, Luke chapter 22. In Luke 22, Jesus is just hours away uh, from, from his death, from the cross, from a whole lot of pain and suffering. And Jesus knows it. I mean, he's warned his disciples about it three times already. It's crystal clear to him what he's facing. And yet it's, it's in the midst of that that Jesus escapes to a garden to pray. And this is his prayer in, in Luke twenty two forty two. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now, first of all, if we could go backwards for a second, there's that same hope that Paul expressed to Timothy, right? Why does Jesus pray in the garden knowing that a hopeless situation is, is facing him? Because it's not hopeless. Because he trusts in his father's will, that his father's will is what's best for him. And even though he doesn't want to go to the cross, at least it seems that way in, in, in this passage, right? He, he knows that the will of his father is good and right and true. 
And so he prays. And yet from there, it, it's not that this, this petition just gives Jesus hope, right? It sparks change in him. Because Jesus doesn't go to the garden and pray and then go back to the upper room to finish the Passover supper with the disciples and, and watch God do his thing. No, what does he do? He climbs the hill to Calvary. He lets himself be betrayed and denied and, and abandoned. He jumps up on a cross. He stretches out his arms. He lays down his life so that God can work through him. He, he brings heaven to earth. Right? And, and friends listening, we can do the same. Of course, it looks different for us than for Jesus. There's only one Savior of the world, but God, he wants to work through us too. This petition sparks change that the will of God might be accomplished through our hands and feet. Maybe the first change it brings is, is a sense of humility, right? As we recognize, okay, uh, I don't know best. I think I do. I want to say that I, I do, but I, I just don't. And then we're led to change, right? To, to recognize all of the ways that we have been a part of the problem. Right? And, and to see, okay, how can I now be a part of the solution? How can I feed the hungry? How can I bring freedom to a world of slavery? Right? How can I speak a word of peace in a world of war? Right? How, how can I change to be a part of the solution, to, to care for the needs of those around me? I repent, God, of all of the things that I haven't done, that I should have, and the things that I did do that I shouldn't have. Right? This sparks change to say, Lord, I need your strength to take up my cross and follow you. I know it will be hard, but by your spirit, all things are possible. So I don't know about you, but I need this petition. Not because the world easier, because it, it makes sense to me, but because it doesn't. Because I think I know best, but I don't. Because there's more than enough suffering in this world and I don't have an answer to it. Because some days I don't have the strength to accomplish God's will. So we pray, your will be done, Lord, trusting that his will is good and right and true. And, and then looking to the one who fulfilled the will, the will of God, who embodied it, who went to the cross. So that the will of God, which is the salvation of the world, become a reality. Praise be to God for Jesus. In his name, amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. If you'd like to continue to dig your deep roots, I encourage you to check out our website, growdeeplyrooted.com, where you can find a whole lot more resources as you walk with Jesus. 